I am ready to be back and excited to be back recording a new episode. Welcome back to Brevity Box, a new beginning. We got some of that NRE here in the BBX. If you don't know what that is, it's new relationship energy. That's right. You know, uh, if you've been paying attention, I, we uh, we lost. I didn't one know of what that stood for. Only. I thought you just misspelled era. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I misspelled era and re. No, it's new relationship energy. Our old tired ass grumpy boyfriend Brando decided to take his nuts or balls and go home, and we didn't know what we would do. We were all alone. Sigh, sigh, big sigh. And the only thing that was the obvious option, I think, Becky, you would agree with me, we both didn't think it was going to work as smoothly as we thought, right? Because you and I had the same thought. We both had the same thought immediately. Mm -hmm. And and I think uh, once... Once I'm past this uh, silky introduction phase, I think this uh, person, this new love of our life, this new boyfriend will tell you that the preamble to me asking for them to join our tryst here was long and wordy because that's what I do when I get nervous. I try to, I go hard on the cell, right? I go too hard on the cell. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely went like a hundred words when 40 probably we would have done, or maybe even three you know, please join us. It would have well, probably real- worked well. Let's be realistic, though. It was just all me. Like, he heard it was me. You're the draw. Like, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, he's willing to tolerate me for you. Yeah, is really me. what yeah. it was. It's all, to. it's just all me. He was excited Which to is be always the case with That's me. This is <laughs> always the case with the blood. <laughs> well, let's get you caught up so that you know what we're talking about. But before I get into it, let me remind you that. Brevity Box is brought to you by what I like to refer to lately as the Double R Network. That's the Ruminations Radio Network. We're edited and part of a giant roster. I wouldn't say giant, but nicely sized roster of podcasts and hosts that are all talented about a lot of different subjects and interesting, whether you're into games, the history of games, you want to hear from the perspective of a couple of people that have been into games their whole lives in Oh God, It Hurts, or if you're into uh, retro-futurist culture, I consistently find different things that blow my mind that I wasn't aware of that are part of retro-futurist culture. I just saw a prototype for a new uh, electric, or I think it's even a hydrogen-powered vehicle that looks like it's the car from Cyberpunk the game from Hyundai, and they refer to it as the Cyberpunk vehicle, or the retrofuturist vehicle of the future. So I see this everywhere, and I got to thank Optimus, the host of Retrofuturist Culture, for kind of opening my eyes to how prevalent this is in everything around me, whether it's movies I liked, Aliens, um, doesn't matter. Blade Runner, I always mention Blade Runner. But you can check it out, learn more about what Retrofuturist culture is. You could even check out other podcasts like Cinephile Hissy Fit, which I'm a huge fan of because I am a cinephile myself. I love movies. I love all kinds of movies. And Don and Will do a great job of breaking down pretty much any movie that's right about to come out. You'll be able to find a podcast about what it is. Thor Love and Thunder just came out. The podcast dropped right around three or four days within when it was released. They're great and worth a listen. And if you need to find a way to get access to them, you can find it by looking it up on Spotify or Apple iTunes, or even better, you can go to the website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com and see everything we have to offer. You can find interesting ways to support us. You can find ways to just... Find something you're interested in. You got an hour to kill, we'll find a way to entertain you during that time. So if you want to find a way to support us right now, just hit like, hit subscribe, and every time there's a new episode, you'll know about it as soon as possible. Okay, moving on. New beginnings, new relationship energy. We have not been this excited in a while, I think. I'm stoked. And I'm stoked because... If you've been listening to the show, you know we make regular references. We talk to Mitch. Mitch is the man behind the plan, the man in the editing booth, making us sound way better than we do when we just do this raw. 
the, you want to know where our music comes from. You want to know how we make it sound professional. He's the guy who does it. He's also the inspiration for the entire network. If you don't know, without Ruminations from the Red Room, a podcast that everybody who's part of this network is basically was a huge and is a huge fan of, that's what started this whole idea for us. It's personal. It's exciting. We love it. We love him. And for some reason that I haven't quite figured it out yet, he agreed to come and be a part of Brevity Box. And I couldn't be fucking happier. I think Becky pretty much totally agrees with me. So we're sweet on our new boyfriend, (laughs) Mitch. Mitch, (laughs) welcome to the fucking show. Thank you, man. I'm totally excited. I'm super, I'm like totally excited. What's the, like, wow. <laughs> Mitch, you're so like, wow, bro. You are so like, wow, bro. Is like, that in like both of your vocabularies now? Because that just made me insanely happy. <laughs> let me tell you, it is my vernacular. I said it to my mother the other day and she looked at me with the most confused look on her face because we were talking, I forgot what we were saying. What was it that we had just seen in the movie theater? Oh, we saw Top Gun. (laughs) Yeah, so we saw Top Gun. I saw it with my parents, and they were absolutely blown away. Uh, My my dad was a pilot and was in Civil Air Patrol. He loves anything that has to do with planes, much less uh, action movie that's even near the caliber of Top Gun. We see Top Gun Maverick. We come out of the theater and they cannot find the words to express how much they like it. And I literally like gently put my hand on my mother's shoulder. I let, I locked eyes with my dad. And I was like, all you can say is that that movie is like, so like, wow. <laughs> and my mom just looks at me like, huh? <laughs> like, it had a lot of wow factor. It's just totally wow. And I'm not kidding you. That's what she told my sister. That movie was just so wow. <laughs> But we're excited. We're That's like, we're so like, wow, right now. Mitch is our Top Gun Maverick right now. You are testing my my modesty, sir. I'm blushing. So thank you very much. I I've, was very honored that you guys would ask. Uh, I'm really happy to be here, and uh, I'm I'm just excited to be a part of this. Now I'm I'm a little bit nervous. Obviously, I bring a different ingredient to the mix, and I miss Brando and that chocolate, sweet chocolate. Uh, voice that sexual chocolate going on it's he does have a nice chocolate. Yeah. voice yeah. yeah you know and i can't i can't hope to fill those shoes but uh i'll do my best because i love hanging out with you guys well yeah. those shoes those are some yeah like well, let's be honest they're not they're not great looking shoes they're cool shoes they're very effective they're great at stomping things out eh, we like what you're bringing to us because we know that there's some pretty pretty rock rock and roll wear bro well, i'll bring I mean, the rock we know roll. i bring i'll bring you that. bring that rock and roll that's not something converse. brando brought he's the converse that we need <laughs> the rebel the rebel converse no it's 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 i'll tell you it's a great fit it's um something that intuitively i know that you it's it sounds like i'm making that up but becky and i were in the middle of talking about it after recording an episode and I, I think I started off by saying, I don't know what we're going to do. There's a very short list of people I have in mind, but on the top of that list, and she basically interjected and she's like, I want to love it if Mitch would. And I was like, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> so it was just a serendipity moment. So it's, it's great. Well, that stop. sounds like some silly bullshit right there. I think it does, that. but it's, it's not, legit. it's not bullshit. Thanks. It's not bullshit. <laughs> it fucking happened. <laughs> That's I mean, it, it's, it's crazy and when that I it happened. Ghost. It did. <laughs> Listen to the we blonde, man. Don't, don't cross the blonde. And look, she can back me up. I said, you know, I don't know. He's really busy. I don't know if I'm. I totally think it's worth asking, but I don't know if that's really going to work out. I don't know if he'll want to do that. I don't know if he'd be interested. I go, and I think what I told her exactly was, I hope we can just we. I I miss. I told her straight. I miss him on the mic. I just want to listen to what he has to say. So I hope he'll consider it. I didn't know. I didn't expect it. So we were stoked, man. And it's, um, I mean, we're, we're humbled. We're seriously excited about what that means and the different aspect it's going to bring. Cause I think it'll get the best out of us too. Really. Well, in a very egotistical way, man, I'm, I'm excited because I 
I miss being on the mic too. I had a great time doing from the red room and I'd like to return to doing that regularly, but this gives me additional motivation to be able to, to speak with a couple of folks who are so well-spoken and funny and intelligent. And I love the things that you guys have to say and the perspective that you guys bring. So it, it gives me additional motivation to get, get in here and drop some ones and zeros and be heard. So I appreciate the opportunity because now I, I know I'll do it for you guys. I'll do it. Otherwise, I wasn't going to get back on the mic again. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's kind of get into that a little bit because I think that I've had the benefit of um, being a guest on From the Red Room, and part of what is easy thinking for me is to remember some of those great conversations that you and I have had, both in the Red Room, but also just you and me privately going back and forth. Uh, we have great conversations and good chemistry talking to each other. But for anybody that might not know about your history, podcasting, and just generally about ruminations from the Red Room, and that includes, unfortunately, sadly, Becky wasn't a part of this world to be on from the Red Room. She will be, I'm sure, at some point. And, but I mean, give us a couple of minutes of breaking down your your history in podcasting so that everybody can hear it. You know, I, I would love to, and maybe we can hit that on another episode or something. I can okay. make it real, cool. real short, but I mean, we that's where it started. Um, I don't know. Now it's been, what, four years ago? And it was just something that I loved doing with my friends. And I thought all my friends, of course, in a very egotistical way, again, that my friends had something fun to say and interesting. Somehow I thought that they were worth hearing and I wanted to get their voices out there. So all the things that I was most passionate about and the things that excited me, I just wanted to, to put out there in the world. And um, I'm glad to be doing this again. Um, that's It's just great, man. Every one of your friends was really interesting. And you even let Mike get on there too. So sometimes you let people who aren't <laughs> Some people that are interesting. interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know. So Becky, yeah. just to give you like an idea, because we've, we've talked about Arvig and joke about Arvig. Arvig is like a, a bro you know he's he was a groomsman for me and i have a deep love affair but that that guy kept mitch and i apart <laughs> you know just just, we just we're gonna we're gonna hint at it a little bit because amongst the things that we feel changed the timeline in this world were the cubs winning the pennant that's Stop. definitely one <laughs> that definitely happened and changed the timeline definitely through everything no pandemic if the cubs don't win i'm just saying it wouldn't you have gone that way you and so you know here's mike changing the timeline and keeping what is an incredible friendship and one that I value. He's he's single-handedly kept Mitch and I apart. And it doesn't there isn't two weeks that goes by where we discuss don't talk about or discover something that we could have enjoyed or been doing together if it weren't for Mike playing the foil in a burgeoning <laughs> and developing bromance. And I will never forgive him for it. He wanted to keep a seat to himself. He of did. Course. That's what it was. You find those you find those friends and you're like, I know these motherfuckers will get along, so I'm gonna keep them as part apart as long as I can. He was afraid because to lose I'm each not of us a good friend. <laughs> he was a, he was afraid to lose each of us. Yeah. You know, he was competitive. He was like, if I let these guys get together, they're not gonna want to hang out with me as much. <laughs> that's what I think was going on in that reptile like, part of his brain. He's probably like the girl that's like but he's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yes. <laughs> 100% yes. And I think his wife would totally agree to that. <laughs> we can get we can make that happen. We're going to get a testimonial from Amanda. We're going to make sure everybody Amanda on. Oh, um, yeah. why has she never oh, been on? The truth, the truth bombs that would be dropped oh. <laughs> would just be so that what what to, to to steal a beautiful quote from brando so tasty it should be fattening <laughs> <laughs> okay so we'll we'll definitely dive into your history with red room in another episode for now let's move on to something i wanted to kind of touch on because i think you had made a joke about it in our discord that i think rings true and i have actually heard it myself I don't want to say on the street, but while I was out overhearing some kids talking about this and that, now you had dropped a meme about some kids that had become fans of metal because of stranger things. 
and they saw your t-shirt and asked you how many episodes of Stranger Things you knew. <laughs> as a, Very similarly to the way if you saw a poser wearing a Metallica t-shirt, you'd go, tell me how many albums you know. Tell oh, me I how many that. songs on that album you I know. I do that. Do you? I don't buy t-shirts. Like, if, if it's like an artist t-shirt, I won't buy it unless I know at least like five of their songs. Because I'm an asshole kind of and I walk up to people and I go, oh, what's your what's your favorite ACDC song? Like, what's your favorite Nirvana song? And they're like, I just got this shirt because it was they're on like, sale. They're like, what? Who? And I'm <laughs> like, like, take it off. I'm like, Nirvana, <laughs> the, the band on your t-shirt, what? What? Oh my That's God. a band. I just like the smiley face on it. <laughs> oh yeah, that would that would. I be was offensive like, to me. take it off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Put on this My Little Pony shirt right now. <laughs> but it's interest. It's an interesting time because for anybody who's not in the know, Mitch and Metal are from the same boiling bubbling pit of blood and lava created in the same moment like it runs through his veins he knows all that is metal all that is good metal and it's a weird time to be alive because it there's nothing more mainstream than stranger things and i'm not throwing shade at it i i enjoyed the show quite a bit and i'm not going to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't found their way to the end of the show and kind of make the reference of what we're talking about. Well, I'm not ruining anything for you, but the show has single-handedly made a what? How old is it? 35, 34 year old puppets? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's that old. I mean, he it's, it's brought a 34 year old metal anthem into the zeitgeist for a generation that I don't think is into metal. Generally, no. well, because it's no, right. Yeah. No, please yeah. go ahead. Jump in. I'm, oh man, I, I, I. This is a really great topic. It doesn't apply just to metal. It applies to a lot when it comes to. And and I want to be clear right off the bat because I know there's a lot of negativity surrounding like gatekeepers and things. Right. And right, that's right. not my position. As soon as we get into it, we'll be able to tell. But yeah, it's an interesting topic, man. It is something to dig into because yeah mainstream well yeah i mean how do you feel about it because i mean all of us are are i mean we're that we're in that moment right it's our generation that is now up for the plucking of the things that meant something to us right <laughs> yeah. for for people to sort of be tourists of well i haven't sat down and written out all my thoughts on it so i can't i'm not i'm not sure i'm going to articulate everything perfectly and i'm going to stumble over some of my my philosophy surrounding it. Like I, Sir, you're I, in the right place. <laughs> I, I, Welcome, friend. <laughs> I'm glad people are finding new music. I And I'm glad that they're looking to the past. When I was a young lad and I was first delving into the metal, uh, I listened to what my heroes listened to. Like when I discovered Metallica in 87, uh, I was like, oh, well, who did these guys listen to? Who inspired them? And that led me to Sabbath. You know, so I I think it's great that kids are finding some old metal. There, There is some play, there's something to be said for that, There, but there is something also to be said, like you used a, a word that I think needs to make a comeback, posers. <laughs> there's something to be said for that too. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I what mean, else? it, it it, it it brings to mind a word that I, I don't think is used anymore, but that is a word from our time, if it is, uh, I think it's totally fair to say that. And that's poser, right? That's I think, yeah, it's just like that word is so impacting for me because when I was in that same er age, that's something I never want. I never wanted to be a poser, right? <laughs> the worst thing mm -hmm. on the planet was to be a poser. You know, and to dress to dress the part, wear the shirt, but it's not something you actually got. Like see, it did. That's where it starts to understand. become a problem. Do they even get it? And and I think I was doing a little thinking about it today, and I think some of it comes from this innate desire to hold on to things if there's like a limited quantity of. So say for and I and I've got a great story and um I'm not sure right now is quite the time right here in another minute after we we talk about this a minute. But 
we hold on to those things because we think somehow someone else liking them is going to detract from our enjoyment. You know, so that's where those gatekeepers come from. They think that everyone's a poser mm -hmm. if they just like two or three songs. And I get that. I understand that. But it's not going to hurt the art for someone to enjoy one song off of an album. I right. That's okay. I've, there's tons of artists I'm not a big fan of, but I like maybe one song. But mm -hmm. I also then don't run around with their shirt on and I don't claim to be a fan. I'm like, yeah, I like one song, but I'm not a fan. So I think finding that distinction is is hard and and not everyone's going to bother to dis, to uh you know, describe it. What's going to get me is I I I'm on that path of thinking if people if this brings awareness like it did <laughs> yeah. for you where somebody wants to d dive into Metallica and then follow that to where their inspiration and it leads them to Zeppelin for me I think I found my way to knowing who Metallica was through GNR, right? And that was a weird pathway for me. But that's I, a weird pathway. yeah, it was. But it, that's where I think that that I think it was the sounds of the music at the time because I made a big jump in that '80s era. I was in the middle of listening to, you know, new wave, and I had a real weird mix, right? So it was like new wave in new order and depeche mode and i was listening to pet shop boys but i also liked bobby brown and heavy d and the boys and george michael and then i knew my sister i sort of related all of any a certain group of mu type of sound to my sister because my sister was all about scorpions and triumph and you know and that and so i i had this um, connection to that sound, but I was really trying to discover my own thing. Sure. Right. And so when guns and roses, it was really, you know, sweet child of mine that I think I fell hard for. And then I wanted more and that led me to explore. Did it have anything more. to do with the, um, 91 tour when they were touring between for use your illusions and, the black album because they toured together in 91 92 it 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 probably did because that was right about a time where i was i was really connected to one radio station in the dfw area and i didn't really tie it to that tour but you're probably right huh. that that's what led me to that and look laid the groundwork for my love affair for grunge you know, whether it was the Toadies, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, like I, I just I had different emotions that I found ways to express where uh, I think it's fair to understand why Heavy D and the boys wasn't going to cover the emotional spectrum <laughs> that I was trying to get out of me at the time for a lot of reasons. But if that, you know, to get back to what I was saying, if that's where somebody who watches uh, Stranger Things or even what Thor love and thunder was making sweet child of mine, a part of its movie anthem too, which is kind of a weird thing for me to have to stomach. But if, if I see a kid and I'm not going to like, I don't think I'll be a gatekeeper for those people who are out there digging and exploring and finding these, these gems and everyone has to start somewhere. You know, everyone right. has an introduction. Fair. Right. Right. But yeah. if I see somebody who has, uh, like a Thor love and thunder t-shirt on <laughs> that says sweet child of mine. I'll be a gatekeeper. I'll, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be a little uh, bothered about it for sure. Like, so, but I kind of feel 50, 50 on it. Becky, you were, you know, what are you, how did you get introduced into, cause I mean, I, I don't think I've ever put it together that you were a, a, a lover of metal. I can't say that. I, I love, love it. <laughs> But I will say, because it's an interesting, and it's probably going to blow Mitch's mind because it involves sports. Ooh. Oh, my. <laughs> uh -oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm not shocked. Okay, not shocked. give me a second. Um, give him a second to adjust here. Get seated and be comfortable. So I used to be... Uh, <laughs> JJ I, watches shreds on a guitar, bro. You don't no, have any idea. <laughs> I wish. Um, I used to be a huge Derek Jeter. Like, that was my... 
he was my jam for a long time. So I would like watch every Yankees game and um, they all have like the pitchers have walkout songs. So all the closers have walkout songs. And my favorite closer was Mariano Rivera and they called him Sandman. And his walkout song was Enter Sandman. Oh, wow. And so I was like, oh, I really like that song. And then I got into Metallica (laughs) and then that brought me down the path all the way to Led Zeppelin. So if it wasn't for sports, I wouldn't have such excellent music taste. So I have sports that's to fair. for that. That's fair. Oh, well, that's fair. Hey, something to be grateful for sports I mean, for. Mitch. stole that song, but I mean that's all right. It's cool. But hey, <laughs> but it got me. <laughs> it got me into the into the that. catalog of like, oh, there's different genres than boy bands. Like, <laughs> wow, you, know. you were a boy band girl. Oh Insane. my god, yes. Oh Insane Boys, New Kids on the Block, Boys to Men, All for One, 98 Boys to Men. I, I mean, Boys to Men was, a, I feel like they're a standout oh my compared God. to, and New Kids on the Block is, uh, you know, in sync. I'm not taking away from the talent of those guys, but those band, those guys felt more stuck together with tape than Boys to Men did. Mm-hmm. Like, Boys to Men felt like they were discovered. Right. Yeah. NSYNC felt like, you know, some production guy was like, I have an idea that's going to make a trillion dollars. Well, that's what it was. It was yeah, well, yeah. Know, pulling from Mickey Mouse Club and Okay, you auditions. said enough. That says everything right there. <laughs> that says everything. I want to backtrack for a second. Mitch, you got to give us a story because I didn't know that Enter Sandman was stolen. Oh, I'll have to send you some links to the YouTube and we can include them in the show notes. But, okay. you know, I, I really, I, I loved Metallica when I was younger. They were they were really early on. And I, I would have to say that my introduction to metal probably came from my father and listening to, I mean, Zeppelin and, let's face it, the Doors were, were very metal. Oh, yeah, dude. In the darkness I love the Doors. And Hendrix. This was the stuff I was raised on. Thin Lizzy. Um, so my middle education, yeah, started really early and I liked a lot of, uh, eighties glam rock too. And then it just got harder and harder. It's like, you know, there's all that stuff is like the gateway drugs. And then you start getting (laughs) the heavier shit like Slayer. Um, but, um, yeah, Metallica, I, I really, I really was a big fan, uh, after the black album, um, I never liked the stuff afterwards, really. I didn't like their attitude. I didn't like the way that Lars treated the fans. I mean, for a band that that was, you know, basically broke on the backs of fans trading and handing out their their demo tape, No Life to, no life to Leather, to suddenly come down on their fans so hard for trading music online. And I get it. Artists should be compensated for their work. Yeah. But that was a nasty little bit of business going on at the time. Yeah, so, it was Metallica versus Napster, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, Metallica really should watch. They should have checked themselves <laughs> because they they a lot of their stuff is very questionably stolen, like from very like very unknown was bands. It, was it all of Metallica or was it just Lars that was talking shit? Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't stop him. So, I oh, mean, okay. well, well, fair. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. It seems like a missed opportunity in hindsight, right? Like if they if they would have been smart about it, they would have been at the forefront of digital distribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot that music messed up in those days with digital distribution. A lot. Uh, that's definitely something we should circle back on at some point. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could do a whole episode on. Yeah, you metal. do a whole episode on yeah, that. I, but... I could do thirty episodes on metal. But what do you, I mean, for the 80s, I don't, I mean, would, wouldn't you say, I guess the, yeah, I mean, I guess that's why they toured together in 91, because those two bands really were the, the, the late, the they were, I mean, especially late 80s going into the 90s, right there, because what, grunge really had a birth in what, 91, 92? Yeah. Because when, when did mm-hmm. Smells Like Teen Spirit drop? That's really when it it super took off was Teen Teen Spirit. I saw them on Saturday Night Live when they first played. There was I felt like it was my uh, Beatles moment when I saw Nirvana on Saturday Night Live. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy. I was just saying this to, well, actually, I was talking to Brando because that's, you know, I was on the path of of 
really finding music that represented emotions and disposition that I was uh, having to figure out how to express. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and that's right around, you know, Nirvana and shows up. And I, and I love Nirvana. But the songs that really, I'd say Pearl Jam's 10 really stole me away because of things that were going on in my life. Because sure. Jeremy, that happened five miles from where I went to high school. Like I went to Berkner High School and the kid, Jeremy, went to Richardson High School and we were all in the Richardson Independent School District. And so the the bands that I felt really closer to were Pearl Jam and then the Toadies because Toadies was a, a Dallas-based band that really made a, 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 a dime singing about, you know, horrible events around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Like Possum Kingdom was about... Uh, m- murders going on at White Rock Lake and Tyler was about a home invasion from a stalker. And of course it was perfect for a young triple C. <laughs> it's just like, this really speaks to where I'm at. But I mean, there was a lot of traumatic things going on because there were f- friends of mine that uh, had really traumatic losses of life in high school. And it really affected me, you know, and those, mm-hmm. those songs were coping mechanisms to me because I don't think there was a better voice for the, the, the really weird mix of hardcore angst, anger, and other emotions that I had going on. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. They were my life preserver. Like I stayed afloat because I could Mm -hmm. put those songs in my head, you know, whether it was even flow or Jeremy. You you can tell a lot about a person by their favorite, their favorite songs. You can, I totally feel that. Oh, undoubtedly. 100 percent 100 percent i feel so, so guilty right now because i feel like this this episode right now this all these topics just totally hijacking into a from the red room episode you're a part of us now baby <laughs> we I want mean, that flavor <laughs> yeah uh i don't know i had nothing else to add to that man i, I agree with you yeah. Well, let's take a let's take a moment and take a quick break. I mean, Mitch, I want to get you used to it. The the editor of our show likes for us to take a break about midway through, and so we're gonna <laughs> take wow, a quick like interrupt the flow. We're having a great yeah, time. just a little How bit. So dare he? <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll snap right back, and we'll keep going. So we'll be right back. We'll take a word from our sponsor, the Double R Network, and we'll be talking to you in a second. Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Okay, we're back. It was that easy. See, Mitch, that's how it works. You're going to get used to this guy. Yeah, you're going to get used to it. It's, oh. it's, it's real easy to work with. You're going to love him when you get to know him. Just got to <laughs> give him a shot. <laughs> well, we'll yeah, uh, tutorial lo- What's that? We'll ease you in gently. <laughs> Thanks. Take it easy on me. You were saying editorial mode? Oh, um, editorially. I think the toadies were a little bit later than than Pearl Jam Nirvana. Soundtrack. They were. They, they Well, the, their album was released later. But at the time in the city, they were performing. So, uh, so yeah. you knew them before they were cool. Yeah, that's right, man. I did know them before. Dude, they were you cool. gotta take credit for that shit. I hundred percent knew them before they shit. were cool. I one hundred percent because I was down in Deep Ellum in Dallas, and I I saw them in small venues, shitty little hole in the mm-hmm. walls before that album ever dropped. Before there was ever a video, I I mean it. They they and I think that really is where I feel some ownership of them right because i didn't have any of that probably with any other uh band or or any song that became um iconic like they certainly didn't have the success of of pearl jam nirvana alice in chains they didn't have that success but those songs like especially possum kingdom to this day is unmistakable everybody knows that song 
you know, the minute anybody says, do you want to die? He's like, okay, I know what song you're talking about. So it, it meant a, it meant a lot to me. Uh, and you're right. I do take ownership. I didn't even think about that until you said it for sure. <laughs> you know, on the ownership note too, it's kind of like when rock kind of had a little small rebirth with the video games, guitar hero, you know, mm-hmm. yes. a lot of bands on there that kids had never heard of. A lot of people got introduced to a lot of cool new music. And I was at a conference for my then company when the first guitar, guitar hero hit, uh, when they were making it. And I spent the evening having drinks and gambling with the guitarist who was on that, that game. Cause the original wow. game didn't have licensed music. It was all covers of the i did not know that mm-hmm. yeah well if there were like two or three there were the actual recordings and the rest of it they just got the rights to and then he played it and so we sat and we chat and we talked about music all night it was awesome but that was a weird time for me too because it was like well all these kids suddenly think they know you know testament or something and they've and it was good but, but bad at the same time because that hasn't lasted. It doesn't seem like it made a lasting impression. Rock still seems to be on life support, except in, you know, those of us who still follow it religiously, you know? So it's it was weird. a caricature. It was a facsimile, kind of right? Was. It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't teaching anybody how to play guitar, which that wasn't okay. the point of the game. It was a fun game. Yeah. I, I played the shit out of it, Me too. but it, it wasn't. Um, yeah. I, I totally get where you're coming from on that. And look, it should be noted here. I mean, you're, you're not just a fan. You're somebody who's, I mean, you can play. You were in a band. You had a band. You've performed in front of people. Once long ago. That's I mean, life. Yeah, he, I feel you like have actually true. rocked. I have rocked. It is true. The last show that my band played, the last big show we played, they actually had to call the cops and not allow any more slam dancing because it got out of control. And we were the opening band. And so for the rest of the show, yeah. the other bands weren't allowed. Like it, I felt like we really screwed it for them because you feed off that energy, right? You, The mm-hmm. crowd's reaction completely adds to your performance. And we shut that shit down. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. I started great. off referencing NRE, which is new relationship energy. But right now, I'm feeling some of that bde from that story bro that big dick energy that comes from <laughs> you just laying that fucking story on us uh, uh clearly becky we're like, we're, we're i don't in I the don't presence brag, but yeah we're in the presence of some serious big dick energy right now he man. did the total hair flip like just for the <laughs> Like, I don't mean to brag, but <laughs> yeah, the last gig I played got <laughs> so wild. <laughs> I think I knocked over a speaker with my cock. It was so nice. <laughs> so powerful. I had to sit down after a while because I just got tired. People were just going crazy. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that is that's just the coolest shit ever, and I oh, love referencing awesome. it. I yeah, I mean, I I I just think it's a weird time. Because, you know, Becky, I know you're going to watch Stranger Things and I'm not trying to ruin it, but. No, I the, I honestly had no. That's cool. Appeal, I mean, look, it doesn't appeal to me. But there's something that I want to tie together here, because the other part of this is that that show takes place in the 80s. And of course, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie, the character Eddie Munson is, uh, I mean, you yeah. want to talk about the perfect I mean, from the clothes to the gestures to the attitude, I feel like I knew that guy yeah. in high school. Like I knew that guy and the everything fit. So it, it's a beautiful tie together with the song they chose with Metallica, with the awareness. I mean, it's worthy for, for I hope more kids and young people who are even people who are our age and had never taken the time to appreciate it because that's another thing that I thought of Mitch that you'll be able to I think all three of us can relate to is at that time Metallica is one of those bands where at least and I know you'll be able to say this because of your your family's outlook I'm sure was something that impacted 
uh, had a, a certain connotation towards your musical choices. I know that Becky growing up in the Midwest, me growing up in that North Texas area, like the other part of the show in Stranger Things that they touch on, which is just uncanny, was the satanic panic, yeah. like mm-hmm. whole thing about kids playing Dungeons and Dragons or worshiping the devil and it's going to lead them to do horrible things and they're committing suicide and committing murders and in the context of the show when things start going fucking crazy where they're at the first person everybody looks to as being responsible is the kid with the denim jacket with cut off sleeves the Metallica shirt the long hair and the pushback against authority, that's the kid that they're instantly going. He's the one. He plays Dungeons and Dragons. He listens to that devil music. He's obviously the one. They're quick to point the finger. And I remember that. Like, I remember that as a kid. Every conservative parent, teacher, principal was there still pointing at that kid, those kids, as being sort of the the unknown bad element, the influence you had to worry about. And I, I mean, am I wrong? Was that true for you when you were growing up in your area, Becky? Cause you were a cheerleader. I mean, you had to have that one part of your click in your school where everybody was like, yeah, those kids are X, Y, Z. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? I th- Yeah. But I think more like in my, like towards my high school, like, timeline i wanted to be right i know you're a little younger than me i get it (laughs) Um, you could say it it was more it was more the screamo goth um drunk being goth we gotta say yeah (laughs) nothing 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 some of my best friends were in that clique like oh some of my best friends that's not the comment you want to that doesn't help no no i'm serious i got along with everybody in high school except one person that's true i'm just this one person that had bangs and she like teased oh my them God, out. They had bangs. No, she, she Becky had bangs, out. and she was teasing. Oh, she did tease them out. Oh. Like like eighties bangs, and then she like oh. she would tell everybody she didn't date boys that were shorter than her, and she was like, "Why well, take seven. that very personally?" And I, I was like, and she always tried to hit on my boyfriend, <laughs> so I freaking hated her. I didn't get along with her, but I I pretty much got along with like every like person in different cliques, but. Our scary cliques at our high school were the screamo goth kids, and then on the other other end, we had the serious like gangster rap drug dealers. <laughs> well, but you know what? The, those gang the gangster rap guys got the same kind of bad, unfair rep too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, honestly, they did they did the but same. But there way. were legit kids in my high school that had felonies. So, like, <laughs> well, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about just the. <laughs> Just the music associated yeah. mm-hmm. and the clothing associated. Oh, totally. I, I know. I know you're a l- younger than I am, and Mitch and I are close in the same age. And like, but Mitch, you know what I'm talking about: the Satanic Panic, the D and D, the pointing yeah, out the kid who loved metal with the long hair as being the bad kid. And look, I think it can be argued you you've kind of dealt with that in some degree throughout your professional life too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely continued. On into my professional life. I mean, it never stopped. I think too that didn't help either. You know. Yeah, I'm just. I I just think it. The show touched on that in a way that I didn't expect. Like, I mean, why would I? But it was. I just remember that being the case, and how it pissed me off in hindsight. Right, like I remember it being annoying when it happened when I was a kid, and then seeing it reproduced in the show, I was like. Oh yeah, I remember that fucking horse shit. Like I was, because those were oh, my yeah. friends. I remember those guys. What you know, didn't I realize just... is they were awakening little uh, political activists at the time. Not everyone, but myself, and probably and, you know uh, clearly others. But like with the PMRC yeah. and the Washington Wives, what they did was really just fuel us to stand up and say something. Like and be it heard. Was, it was absurd. Yeah, and be heard. So like what eighth graders writing letters to their senators, you know, but, you know, the labeling of albums and the, you know, it was just a a nasty time. And then they moved on to blame something else. It's going to be video games. It's something else. We're getting into a whole other discussion again, but no, it is. I, I, I'll I'll wrap it up by saying, uh, you know, that character, you're right. 
They did. They nailed it. And and to kind of round it out about that character, what they end up succeeding in that is also something that I'm really grateful that they did is by the time the show wraps up the season, you really see that character as being what those guys were for me in real life. Thoughtful, intelligent, brave, sensitive people fleshed out and they fleshed out that character to a point where you really love him. You love him. You just, you love the guy. You, you see what it's about. You see why his friends love him for who he is. And I think that that was something that, I mean, that's a cool bravo to them for being able to write that in. I didn't go out intending to make this whole thing about a stranger things like platform, but I'm just appreciative because it spoke to something that I experienced, right? For a lot of kids that watch it, for a lot of those people that are just discovering Metallica and and just love the one song they heard in the show, it it's really for me and for, I guess, people who lived it, it was interesting to see them touch on something that was very real. Like, I saw that. That's the part that I, I got to see happen. And I played D&D at the time. And to this day, I've never worshipped the devil, not once. <laughs> not saying not because of D and D. That's what I said. Not because of D and D. Okay, it had nothing to do with the dice roll. Okay, it was I just want totally to share disgusting. one last story though. Um, please, about please, it. please. Because uh, I I think that I land somewhere in the middle about the gatekeeping and the wel- welcoming new fans and things. This is one of the things that probably happens, and why you have gatekeepers and you have people who are negative on on folks who who uh, try and embrace new things, but. I was at a black label society show. It was an unplugged, very limited seating, super duper awesome special edition kind of show that, you know, that I went to California just to see. Uh, It's on Blu-ray. They recorded and released it as a disc. If you look real closely, I can show you where I am in the crowd. Look, there's Mitch. Um, (laughs) Cool. Because I, I knew this was, and it was an incredible experience. You know, I've I've met Zach on a number of occasions, and uh, sweet. The uh, the problem is, my buddy and I were at the show, and like I said, kind of an unplugged show. And the two guys in front of us. Oh, I know. I I. If you can't perform unplugged, then you can't perform. Exactly. If. I'm, there's these two guys standing in front of us that look like they're out of a J crew catalog or something. And they won't stop talking and they're just talking oh, and yammering on and not paying attention. And I was just becoming infuriated and I'm telling them to shut up. I'm like, Hey guys, if you're going to, you're going to talk, go outside, go out in the lobby, whatever. We're trying to enjoy this show. And yes, it's a loud rock show, but during a quieter song. And these, again, like I said, are kind of acoustic based songs. These guys are ruining it for other people around us, you know, them. And then a couple of my native brothers, like got in on it, on hassling these guys and intimidating them to the point where they finally shut up. But that's an example of like, why were they even there? Like those are two seats that could have gone to like fans, but maybe mm-hmm. they were just a cool thing to do that night or what have you. But that's why you end up with people who are gatekeeping because they love a piece of art so much. They don't want to see it abused or disrespected or, or otherwise not given the attention that it deserves just because it's popular for the moment. So I, well, and I save save the space at the performance for people who want to be there and appreciate what these guys are going through to create yeah. that. And yeah. you know, if that's how you want to deal with it, buy a radio, go have a talk in your house or something. Put it on in the background if that's how you feel about it. You don't need to be there ruining it or tainting it. Not only for the audience, but for the performers. It's just I find it disrespectful, and I see it happen. New Orleans is a live music kind of mecca and you you man the uh, the people in the audience will be ready to fight if you're there chit-chatting and ruining it like they they will definitely say something i'm i'm glad you had a crew of people get in on that it actually is a fairly decent segue to a a shift in topic to something i didn't want to miss on touching on that i've been thinking about for a week since becky brought it up um and thanks for sharing it but let's let's talk about how people who are right next to you either standing in a concert and ruining it for you or maybe maybe a neighbor 
maybe mm-hmm. somebody that lives next to you that you yeah. can just really lose your shit on. So uh, I don't think that's a tough segue when you, when I think Becky wishes she had your crew there to I, intimidate. I wish I had away. somebody to intimidate. Cause obviously I'm not intimidating enough. <laughs> well, lay it on us. I mean, let's, let's kind of, let's see what we have here to work with. Cause yeah. we, I put in your neighbor nightmare stories and times where you want to get aggressive. What the hell's going on with your neighbor? So I moved into my house five years ago now. Holy shit, that's a long time. Um, Five years ago now, and I live next to like a 40-something. Hey, hey, hey. A a 40-something-year-old that uh, thinks uh, he's basically what you would call a giga-chad without the looks. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you would call that, though. Um, a dick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call that a dick. Um, That's fair. Yeah. So when I first moved in, um, my house had oh, previously... Oh, a poser. We just call him a poser. A poser. Easy. Um, my house was uh, like a rental property. So it was owned by a person that would rent it out. And, um, sure. So it wasn't really like well taken care of and, you know, I bought it as a short sale like pretty, pretty cheaply. And so I move in and here comes this, uh, (laughs) while we're moving in, this uh, Jeep Cherokee drives, I live in a cul-de-sac and I'm at the like neck of the cul-de-sac. So this Jeep Cherokee drives through my driveway, my side yard into his driveway so that's my introduction to him driving through my front yard. Yeah. And he gets out, he gets out of his car and I was like, Whoa, like, Hey, what did you do that for? And he's like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, um, I own this house. (laughs) I just bought it and I don't want you driving through my front yard like that. And he was like, what are you going to fucking do about it? And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I was like, it's on. <laughs> I was like, we are never going to like each other. And it's just like progressed from there. So um, he did it that again. That was day one. Day one. So about a month later, he did it again. And so I am not, I may look sweet, but I am petty as fuck. <laughs> so in the middle of the night, after the day after I was so pissed off, um, I went to Lowe's at like 6 p.m. before they closed. I bought a bunch of Akatia and a bunch of steel poles. And in the middle of the night, my parents came and helped me install these steel poles to hold, to quote unquote, hold up the Akatia to basically like make a fence because I couldn't have a fence because it's against HOA. Um, oh, God. So he goes to try and drive. Yeah, he goes to try and drive through the next day and he has to like slam on his brakes in my front yard. And so he's like, what did you do? And I'm like, well, I told you not to fucking drive through my <laughs> drive my front yard anymore. So you wouldn't listen. So I took it upon myself to make you stop. And he didn't like that. So then after that, it was letting his dog um, shit in my front yard. So I think I talked about that before. Sweetheart, um, what a Nancy thing to do. <laughs> uh, so then my petty ass, every time the dog shit in my front yard, I would collect it for the week and then I would leave it on his front doorstep and then that got old Uh, so then I would leave it in his truck bed and then I would um, his girlfriend would come over and I would like pile it next to her door the car door because she would park in front of my house so that she would you there was no way you could not step in it getting in your car so we've we've had these like back and forth back and forth. I don't know about petty, but I think it's entertaining as hell. (laughs) Um, Definitely the right. And then most recently he, so I got cameras and, you know, I have evidence. So if like anything ever happens, like I can go to the police or whatever. Most recently he ran over our mailboxes because we share a mailbox like post. And then there's two mailboxes on it because the HOA, it all has to look the same. And he ran it over and clearly you can see him running it over and I pull it like I come home and I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) 
Right. And so he comes over and knocks on my door. He goes, did you see the mailboxes? How are you going to fix them? And I was like, whoa, buddy, I watched my cameras. I saw you run them over. How are you going to fix them? And he just left them lay there. So then finally I got sick of it and I was like, well, I guess I have to fix it. So that was our last until the other day. See, come- this is this is a whole this is a great like I, I mean Giga Chad is is they got to have a better name than that. Well, what? he and then like when I moved in, like my stepdad like went over and like because he wanted to like meet the people because my parents are pretty protective. And the first thing that this guy says to my stepdad is, "Well, I have a large gun collection." Like, okay. <laughs> And my stepdad was like, oh, okay. Like I was just coming over to let you know, like pretty much don't fuck with her. (laughs) Yeah. I was telling you for your protection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Cause like, you know, what sucks about that is, um, whatever your thoughts are about gun ownership, it's these guys that make all normal level headed people who own, any kind of gun look terrible, mm-hmm. right? Always mm-hmm. this flex. I yeah. have a large gun clip. Well, how many of them can you use at one time? Cool. I, I mean, have a gun too. Like, <laughs> I mean, do I give a shit, man? I mean, what that, I mean, you, you've given me all the evidence I need, right? Yeah. Well, Big truck like, drives he, over people's yards, he brags smokes, about his gun collection. He smokes in his front yard. And then every time he's smoking, like if I'm outside, he like tries to, puff up his chest and stare me down and he basically tries to like assert his dominance like i run this neighborhood like i'm like okay bitch like whatever like i'm not scared of you i'll fight you like i may be i may be five one yeah (laughs) micro penis (laughs) chest i may be five one but i'm from chicago like I'll, i'll fucking beat your ass and so the other day i'm like home cleaning and i like my alarm like set is set up on my phone. So like when someone walks in front of the camera, it's like a person has been detected. And I look <laughs> cyberdyne. You got cyberdyne <laughs> systems on your house. <laughs> it's Vivint. Shout out to them. <laughs> <laughs> so my um camera goes off and it's like there is someone in your front yard. And I was like, who's in my front yard? And I already have PTSD from my ex trying to break into my from house. Other stories that we've heard. Yeah. Sure. So. I'm like, who's in my, like, I'm scared. I mean, it's daytime, but that still scares you when you see, like, when you're not expecting somebody. And so I look outside and it's my neighbor and his stepkid in my front yard playing catch. In my front yard, not on the street, in my actual yard. Yeah. MPC's got you, an attitude problem, dude. And mind you, he has, I mean, my, my property is pretty big. He has his own backyard. He has his own front yard. <laughs> he has his own side yard. Why come He just thinks he owns the, everything, though. Yeah. He just yeah. wants to flex on everybody. Yeah, he tells his, uh, he told the neighbor the other day that was moving, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can park in front of her house. She doesn't care. Yeah, I do care because that was the day that I was getting my, um, the tree in my front yard trimmed like, and I didn't want branches falling on somebody's car for them to sue me. Like, yeah, I care. <laughs> I mean, he just tell he's, he thinks he owns everything. So he's playing ball in my front yard. And I'm like, I've, I've had a week. You guys knew, you guys have known like how oh, we're going to cover it at going. some point for sure. <laughs> um, and I was at my breaking point that day. And I like ripped the door open and I, I probably didn't handle it the best. Cause I was like, pause, sleep- pause, pause, pause. What shirt were you wearing? <laughs> no, I didn't put that on until, till the second go around with him. Okay. 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 So I ripped the door open and I was like, I, I said his name. I'm like, what the, f- what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, what, you got a problem? It's, it's, you know, neighborhood <laughs> property. And I was like, my front yard is not your fucking property. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, I can play wherever I want. I was like, the fuck you can. And I pulled my phone out. I was like, I'm going to fucking call the cops and say that you're trespassing if you don't get off my front yard right now. And he's like, what are you going to fucking do? What are you fucking going to do? And I was like, watch me, bitch. I mean, (laughs) 
how are you going to deal with a, a corrupt and, and small penis Chad without going peak Karen on him? Right. I mean, that's just the age we live in. So that, I, that's like, you know, so anti-venom. I go, I go back in the house and I was like, how can I get this motherfucker out of my front yard? And it hits me. This stepchild is of reading age. Like, I know he's big enough to read. So I put on my T-shirt that says, fuck all y'all. Yeah, by, by the way, bravo. bravo. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch said it best. Great shirt. Great fucking um, shirt. I go outside. I grab my supercharged leaf blower. And it's very noisy. <laughs> and I literally stand right where they're playing catch. And I push the button of the leaf blower and we have a stare down. And I said, bring it, bitch. <laughs> you know what? You got to be careful, though, because micro penis Chad is going to break one day and professes undying love for you. If you keep probably, going. probably. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> That's what everyone, like every time I tell a story about him, everyone's like, well, he probably does that because he's into you and he, he knows he doesn't yeah. have a chance with you. And I'm like, yeah, well. I'm like, because five, what do five year old boys grade. do for girls that they don't, they like, right? They yeah, pull their exactly. hair, they act like jerks. He's just trying to find all these ways to get it's your attention. So annoying. But like on the week that I was having, it was like, this is the wrong time, bitch. Okay. So, full disclosure if in some crazy alternate universe timeline you end up with this guy, I will Fuck never no. let you Fuck ever no. forget this. No. You say that now. Mm mm. I would rather, <laughs> I think I would rather, um, I can't Watch, say what you, I just you guys are, you guys are going to, you guys are going to lock eyes as one of your favorite like no, country musicians he's, concerts he's or something. Dis- what? No, he's disgusting. He is disgusting. He's the mm-hmm. most dis- repulsive human being I've ever. This sounds like good material no. for a cheesy rom-com. I'm telling no. you. Next time he's outside, I'm going to take his picture for you so you can see it. <laughs> What'd you say, Mitch? Please repeat. Nothing. No, you got to say it. You have to say it now. You said it. I said he's super gross. He's less than six feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a a line, Mitch, and that line is six feet tall. (laughs) You must be this tall to ride this ride. Um, If it would give away where you live, we I would love we could give out his address on the show, and everyone could send him like subscriptions to. Uh, you know, micro penis magazine or something. Oh my god, oh that would be god. so funny. This would be so funny. And just be so funny. It would wind up in my yard because all his garbage winds up in my yard anyway. Like you should see, like it's disgusting. His house, like he's got oil, you know, like when you change your own oil, the um bottle. He's trashy. He's just trash. Yeah. That guy sounds like garbage, man. He's got like eight cars. He parks like three of them in his backyard. Yeah. It's gross. Not, not good. This, is, this guy's just not good. I would I'm be, like, I'm over here trying to like make my property look nice and like, you know, get up on my, you know, what is that called? Get the equity into my house. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sweat <laughs> equity, 100%. Yeah. And he's over here, like, trying to stare me down, and he calls me a bitch all the time. And I'm like, I b- listen, I sleep most of the day. <laughs> I never bother anybody, and I'm a bitch, okay, because I won't you let wanna, you drive through my front yard. You want to really, if it gets to where there's real warfare going on, you and I will have a discussion of how to find his clean out for his line, his sewage line, and how to make sure he can't flush his toilet. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll, we'll get to some really medieval epic. stuff. Well, I sure. know where he works, too. And it's... Oh. It's, okay, um, so now we're we're going to start building out a game plan here. We'll all buy the same shirt. And it's we'll military. All, we'll fuck all y'all t-shirts. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. What is it? What is it called when they're like not military? They're a civilian, but they work military. Uh, I don't know. I think you just said it. Oh, okay, Civ- contractor of some kind. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, military contractor, civilian. Yeah. Well, yeah. Either way, sounds like a giant prick with no dick. <laughs> <laughs> but I then the other the other her. day, I was going out to get my mail, and the little kid was out, and he goes. Uh, miss. I feel bad for the kid. He goes, Miss. And I was like, Yeah. And he goes, What does fuck mean? And I was like, What do you think it means? <laughs> he goes, I don't know. I was like, Why don't you go ask your mom? And he goes, Okay, <laughs> I will. 
for sure for sure mom like, it's not yeah mom and dad goes, are not together i saw it i saw it on your shirt so i was just wondering is it like a team and i was like why don't you go ask your mom she'll probably yeah, know yeah yeah go go fighting fucks <laughs> <laughs> I, I think great. it's a good place. It's a good place to wrap it up. Go fighting fucks. I think everybody agrees, <laughs> dude. That, great, great to be back. Great episode for us, Mitch. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being a part of it. This Yay. was a lot of fun. We're glad that to have awesome. you. Awesome. Can't wait. Great way to start it off, guys. Um, really good episode. I'm I'm really happy for that. I hope you guys have enjoyed what we've been laughing and giggling about. We kind of lost track of time. It's just been exciting to get the ball rolling and uh start off new with our new boyfriend i'm so excited if you enjoy what you've heard please hit like and subscribe remember you can check us out on our website at ruminationsradionetwork.com i've already told you about many of the other podcasts and hosts that we have there but don't hesitate go to the website check it out enjoy and come back for our next episode it will be very very soon thanks for listening and we will catch you next time bye everybody. bye